The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. Good morning and welcome to hour three of the Roto Experts. Actually, soon it's going to be good afternoon. And if you're listening to us on demand, hey, good evening. Or how you doing there in the wee hours? You're glad with us, whether you're live or on demand, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network coming up this hour. Uh, my exclusive interview with Trey Turner of the Washington Nationals. Uh, make sure you check out the Fantasy Baseball Weekly Planner on rotoexperts.com right now with our Brandon C. Williams. Two-star pitchers to stream. And lots more. Let's take a look at some two-star pitchers for this week, shall we, George Kurtz? Sure, on the Mark Belanger hour here. Who, by the way, played till 82. It was Belanger. (laughs) Why do you turn everything British? Bob Ip. You, you know, I don't really have any pet peeves, but you correcting every little thing could certainly be one of them. You must drive people nuts. Well, you started off the show with Seth Manaya. Like I said, you, you like to correct people. There he is. Yeah, you, know, you might live here. I might have to kill you eventually. Really? I finally yeah, brought out no, angry George Kurtz. It's taken me about four weeks, but I brought him out. I don't get angry during I said. I think I said it I don't really get angry during baseball season. It's too long. You know, football is different. You know, it's that one game. Things go wrong. You know, you, I, you can, they, can, they can tick you off. Uh, last year with all the, the non-catches certainly uh, made everybody angry. We got the NFL draft. Are you, are you a draft guy, Scott? Are you going to watch the draft Thursday? Of course. Friday? It's like I'm a Saturday. football fan. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't I be a draft guy? Oh, I know lots of football fans who don't watch the draft. They think it's, you know, it's boring, really? blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, – you know, at least not, jo- not the whole thing. I have a job thing. that Maybe I have the- to need to be prepared for, though. So. Yeah, I, but see, I'm putting that on the side. Would you have watched it anyway if we, we didn't work in the industry? I used, I, used, I used to, in uh, the years leading up to the beginning of my career, when I worked for this publication called Inside the Seahawks and other outlets, I used to actually go cover the draft live. And even when we started with Roto Experts, I used to cover the draft live. And when the draft used to be back in New York, I would, I would stay there for the draft live. What pick the Seahawks have, Scott? Eighteen. Uh, yes. Right before Dallas. I right, see so you're gonna steal my yes, player. I'll... I'll be very upset. I'm still mad that they actually, want to be angry. I'm, actually, I'm the... mad Dallas won that last game of the season. Why? It would, they would have dropped four slots. Okay. You know, and then there being a tiebreaker with Seattle. Cowboy fan. 
like a realistic Cowboy fan. Actually, the Seahawks open up against the Cowboys in week three against for their home opener. Really? Oh, Seahawks, Seahawks yes. playing the first two games on the road? Yeah. De- Were you a big, uh, did you watch the Chicago. schedule thing, too? I, I don't I watch they the make schedule a big release. Thing out of that. No. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there and watch a schedule release. I could just... Look that up easily online. Right. I mean, I, that's silly. I, I watched a little bit of it because I was watching the uh, the ball game at one channel and I put that song on. But it's like they're trying to predict who's going to win all these games. And they go team by team. Oh, Pittsburgh. Oh, we're going to give them a win week one, loss week two. Are you kidding me? People actually buying this? That uh, it ma- and You're going to be able to predict in April what the people are going to do in September? Yeah, okay. That, that's accurate. No issues there. But yeah, I like I do like the drift. Do I, I guess the question for you is do you like the new format where they do the first round on Thursday, uh next two on Friday and the rest on Saturday? Or would you did you like it better it was all on Saturday and Sunday? Uh both of them are fine to me. I don't think I have a preference. And everybody wants to know, are you watching the network? Are you watching Fox? Are you gonna watch it on ESPN? Where is Scott watching the draft? I will say this. I will preface it this way. <laughs> I prefer the NFL Network for everything else, but I'll still watch ESPN for the draft coverage. I like I like the way they show film and things like that, and the way they break it down. It's probably the one thing that I prefer ESPN to the NFL Network over. If they got rid of ESPN completely, I might not notice anymore at this point because I watch the MLB Network for baseball. And I can watch NBA TV. Uh, my NASCAR fix I can get online if I want or somewhere else. Uh, though Speed Vision it doesn't exist anymore, but Fox Sports 1 does a lot of NASCAR coverage. So I really don't need ESPN except for maybe when the season's crossed like this and you got the NBA playoffs along with baseball. But if they got rid of it, I probably wouldn't notice, to be honest with yeah. you. NFL setting us, uh, I can go with all my apps on the there. Xbox and get everything else I want. Yeah, I, st- I still yeah, I like uh, yeah, NFL Live and ESPN. I'm a, I'm, I watch that often yeah. uh, in the afternoon. I'd rather I watch around the league show. on the NFL Network. I, I don't watch the network all that. I guess I just like the uh, some of the personalities better. Not all of them, but some of them. I'm a big Lewis Riddick guy. I think he's uh, great at what he does. So uh, I enjoy that. But uh, I'm looking forward to the draft. I, I am so Look, glad ESP- ESPN is and one of one, a top-level talent recently for its pre-draft coverage. They're trying to sway me with these new Russell Wilson-hosted shows over there, you know? Yes. So I saw. Did you watch the other? Was it the quarterback show the other day? I haven't caught any of them yet, but I have recorded them, and I'm going to watch them. Yeah, that was that was good. Uh, you, you'll like that. That was that was good. Russell Wilson's he's a hard person not to like. Yeah, and I'm not just saying that because he was traded to the Yankees. You know, he's going to be our future second base. But sorry, Scott, I got, he's not going to play quarterback anymore. You know that, right? Future second base. He's the, the Yankees, best quarterback in New York. <laughs> yeah, that's not even all that close. Yeah, uh, he certainly is. Uh, Giants at number two, Scott. Is it? Is this all just BS? They're going to take Barkley? Are they all just uh, doing a smoke screen here? I think they're going to take Barkley. You know, generational you player, Barkley. even better than Ezekiel Elliott from from, from some scouts. But that, what are you going to do when you don't Eli, have a quarterback? I think Eli Manning is not quite done yet, and they could probably wait another year or two. Yeah, but you won't you won't draft this high, this high again. It won't matter if you can wait. Last year, last year, no Odell Beckham Jr., no blocking, no run support. No quarterback can succeed like that. I think I think Eli can still make a years. lot of throws. Uh, a lot of good quarterbacks there, but I think I think the Giants are going to take Barkley or trade back. 
I'm start, I, I, I agree with you, actually. I think it's a mistake by the Giants, but I agree with that because that's exactly what they're going to do. Uh, they're going to take Barkley at two or trade back. I just think it's a mistake. Mean, you can't win without a quarterback in, uh, in this day and age. You're not going to be drafting this high again. You know, Giants weren't yeah, a terrible team. As Tony Sincata's pointed out, Jake Sealy's pointed out, only 33% of first-round quarterbacks end up being successful. But th- that doesn't matter. It's a quarterback that you need to take your chances when you have the chance to take. Uh, you have to. Unless Gettleman is, hates them all or only likes Dar- Donald. I and mean, we know Sands probably going to the Cleveland. You know, that's the case, then I don't really – if he hates the others, he thinks they all, they're, no, they're all going to be bust. That's fine if you have no conviction. But if he thinks there's a, a second good quarterback, I don't think you have a choice here. And not in today's NFL. I do think Barkley is maybe the best player in the draft. But in today's NFL, they you might, need they a quarterback. They might be going best player available over what, over what some people would think their need is. But in today's NFL, you have to take a quarterback if you're up that early. And there's good ones there. And there are good ones there. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, uh, there's gonna be the, maybe one one gone, and still like another good three or four to pick from. I uh, I think it's it's curious what the Giants are going to do. Uh, I'm curious, you know, I'm curious about what New England's going to do because if they use both of their first round picks to either move up and take a quarterback, or if they take a quarterback, I mean, you'd have traded traded Garoppolo last year for a second round pick and then spent more during this draft to get another quarterback, a quarterback that the won't Patriots be as good as Garoppolo for a couple of years to trade with trade with the Giants. The Giants would want more, though. Well, the Patriots are at, uh, what are they, at 31 and 23? You need more than that to get up to two. Probably next year's number one, and maybe more than that. Because I think the Giants would assume next year they'll be lower in the thing. I don't think they have enough. I think they have enough to get, you know, maybe into the bottom of the top Top, 10. Top 10, uh, yeah. Top 12, top 13, somewhere around there. I don't think they they certainly can't get to number two unless they really want to overpay. And I don't see Belichick doing that. But if 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 all the signals are true, if they want to take a quarterback, I'm going to find that strange. And then you traded Garoppolo, got a second round pick, and you're going to spend more capital on this draft to take a backup quarterback. I mean, just weird. It's been a strange offseason for New England. You know, so I find that strange. I wonder what Denver's going to do at five. You know, let's say, you know, the Giants do take Barkley at two and the Cleveland Browns at four take Chubb. Does that mean uh, the Broncos now do take a quarterback at five? You know, do the what, what would the Buffalo Bills do? If you're looking for a team that might trade with the Giants to get the two, I think Buffalo you could look be at, it. You look at Jake Seeley's uh, mock NFL draft right now, rotoexperts.com, and his rookie ranks. He thinks the Bills are going to be the ones to trade into the number two spot and take a quarterback. I would agree. If I was, unless, like I said, if the if the Giants were to take Barkley and then the Browns take Chubb, then I could see uh, the Bills go to Denver. See if the Denver doesn't want to take a quarterback. If Elway's had you know had enough of this uh, taking young quarterback that's not working out, I could see that being there. I also wonder this: Could Cleveland trade it as a number four spot if someone a team like a Buffalo Bills or someone else wants to give multiple picks there and to get more depth? Can they pass on Chubb in this scenario? I don't know, man. They, they might be past the point of trading. For depth, because, you know, this is, I think, what Cleveland ultimately wanted. They have two of the top five picks right now. You know, this is kind of what they were were positioning for, I think, over the last few years. I think, you know, why move out of that position? When you can get two of the top four players, I think you got to do it. How many teams are ever in that position? I would agree with you. And like I said, I'm I'm taking uh, my number one quarterback, whoever it might be. You know, whatever Ken Dorsey believes this is number one quarterback, if it's Donald Gray, if it's Rosen, uh, whoever, you take that guy. And at four, I, I'm hoping it's Barkley. 
But if not, I'm taking. I Chuck. don't know. I don't know if they're going to trade Barkley because they signed Carlos Hyde and they have Duke Johnson. And Duke Johnson's not. He's not that prototypical running back. He's a third down guy. There, if no, Barkley's saying, there at four. I'm saying. I'm saying that you know he's a compliment to Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde is the regular ball carrier. Duke Johnson is a tremendous receiving quarterback. Court uh, running back. You're talking about need. Do they really need a running back at number four? No. I mean, you're you're right. They could survive without it, but we're all everyone's saying Barkley's the best player in this draft. Generational talent. You right. mentioned better than Elliott. I mean, I think it'd be tough for Dorsey to pass up on that unless he's in love with Chubb and he believes Chubb is the second best player in the draft who's going to transform a defensive line. You know, then I would get that. I just think it would be hard to pass up on Barkley. You know, because you give Barkley I with think the, it's hard your, to your pass young up quarterback on number two. Uh, I don't. I don't because the Giants don't have a quarterback. Cleveland's a different situation. They'll have their quarterback already. Do you think there's any truth to the rumor? I mean, any at all that Dorsey could possibly pick two quarterbacks at one and four? Or is this all just BS trying to get people to offer a crazy draft pick? I think that's complete wackiness. And if you do take two, you could trade one of them right away. I I don't agree that the Giants, quote, don't have a quarterback, end quote. I'd still take Eli Manning over, you know, a lot of other quarterbacks in the league. The final one. Yeah, you have to you have to look at some of the surroundings that he had. Define a lot. Technically, you know, six I, to eight is a lot, and I'll give you that. But that may be about it. Eli Manning. I wouldn't is say they don't have years. a quarterback, though. No, I'm not saying that either. But you can't. What I'm saying is, you keep us in the point. Of, you can't. You're not going to have a number two pick again. The Giants are not the Cleveland Browns, where they're going to always be at the bottom. Here, last year they played terribly, but they're not a bad team. Things just didn't go well. And I I agree with you about Eli. He does have something left, but it's not much. He'll but he'll win you enough games where you'll maybe be a top thirteen, top right. fourteen pick. And that's not going to get you a top quarterback unless you once again want to trade multiple picks to get there. It's a mistake for the Giants not to say uh, unless Gettleman hates all the other guys. In which case, I'm fine. But if he believes that there is a franchise quarterback after whoever Cleveland takes, it's hard then not I can't, to at number two. Can't see how it's, it's not. Hard, to. It's hard not to at number two. Hard not to what? You know, believe that there's not a franchise guy there. Well, there could be. I mean, uh, yeah. All these, uh, everyone's saying there's these quarterbacks. Even uh, Sam has issues. There's still, there's still it's, probably there's about no a dozen Lux or so here. quarterbacks, though. That at least that I'd, I'd rather have. Uh, I'd, I'd rather have Eli Manning then. So you're saying Eli Manning's top twenty? I mean, I'm not going through the list here, so I'm not right going to I'm not going to I'd still right have doubt him, you. rather have than a Tyrod Taylor or a Ryan Tannehill or even a Flacco at this point. I think he'd be in the mix with all I think he's better than Flacco. I think he'd be in the mix with all those guys. But the, the thing I keep coming up with, the Giants aren't going to draft this early again. They're not going to yeah. be whatever, two, three wins. And that means you're not going to get a top unless you're willing to give up multiple number ones, which hurts your team in the long haul. You know, that's why I think the Giants are crazy to pass this up unless Gettleman hates the other quarterbacks. And then I don't have a problem if he does. If he truly believes that, you know, Raul Rosen, da, 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 go all down the list, the other three, four guys are not going to be good, then I don't have a problem with this. But if he believes there's a franchise quarterback there, then I don't think you can – I just don't think that you can not, not draft the court in today's NFL. You need to take your chance on that guy and go with him. I think it's a mistake not to. As a, as a Cowboy fan, Giants playing in the NFC East, I'm hoping they don't take a quarterback because I know they'll never be a consistent winner without it. Eli Manning doesn't scare anybody in this day and age. Hell, I hope they trade Odell Beckham too. I know he's a problem, but uh, Lord knows he's uh, such a great wide receiver. 
And uh, so I, I just think it's interesting for the Giants what they're going to do I here. Think I think if Eli Manning has Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr., and and Sterling Shepard, you know, surrounding him and the blocking somewhat improved, who knows? Maybe the Giants trade back and improve the offensive line, et cetera. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think I can completely write him off as, you know, being respectable at this point. Maybe Barkley, as like in Jake Steely's mock draft on rotoexperts.com right now, you know, maybe five is the perfect landing spot for him because the Broncos have Case Keenum and they have a hole at running back. Oh, the Broncos would love it if he fell to five. And he could. It wouldn't shock him. They would love that, right? They just, uh, you know, they got rid of Anderson. Uh, but they need offensive line help, too. I wonder if they would for, uh, I don't remember the, uh, the top uh, offensive tackle's name here, but uh, I think he's going in that five range. I wonder if the Broncos are right now planning on grabbing him. But if Barkley falls to, uh, to Denver at five, I don't see how Elway passes that up. Well, you know what I want to see, but it's not happening. Seahawks trade the first round of this year and next year and get in position to get Barkley. That's a long ways to move up because, once again, you probably got to go with Giants. It'd be the only way I throw in Earl Thomas, too, which I don't want to do. All right, more NFL draft coverage. No, I'm not. Well, maybe to Cleveland. Uh, But more more NFL draft coverage on rotoexperts.com including all previews of all teams from Brandon Murchison. Trey Turner interview next. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com premium and learn more about our awesome product. Back here on the Roto Experts, back to baseball. Roto Experts at the Park continues, the Washington Nationals edition, and obviously this may be the one you've been waiting for. The uh, first-round pick with uh, in fantasy baseball for a lot of people for the combination of speed and power. Here is my interview with Washington Nationals infielder Trey Turner. Scott Engelin of Fantasy Sports Network here with Trey Turner of the Nationals. Trey, uh, I noticed uh, so far you're third in the league in walks, and the numbers indicate that you're swinging at less pitches outside the zone. Was uh, maybe improving your on-base percentage, your plate discipline, a focus of yours during the offseason? Uh, yeah, I think this spring training, you know, I talked to the coaching staff, and it's one of the things we focused on, and I think, uh, you know, so far it's been going in the right direction, and I feel uh, feel pretty good. Your game is to be very aggressive naturally with the way you steal bases. Uh, Dave Martinez has been very aggressive so far, and you guys lead the league in steals. How much fun are you having? How much does it, does it play into your style? Yeah, it's good. You know, I think uh, he's given us the green light to run whenever we need to and whenever we want to, and I think, uh, you know, we've done a good job of picking our spots and being being smart about it as a team, and I know uh, I know Mikey's made some good decisions out there. He's scored a, you know, a lot of runs for us without even getting a hit, so, um, you know, I think that that, that plays late in the season. So, and you and Taylor, you know, uh, just like you've just been talking, you feel like you guys are like a young young sort of duo that really can terrorize defenses in the National League for a long time to come? Yeah, I hope so. You know, I think uh, 
I think uh, we feed off each other. We definitely talk about, you know, situations where, um, you know, what we see on a pitcher or what we are looking for, and um, I think that helps one another. And, you know, he's done a great job, like I said. You know, I think, uh, you know, our averages are a little bit lower than what we want to see, but, you know, for us to get on base, I know he's walking a little bit too. For us to get on base and and, and uh, use our speed, it's, it's big for us. Your game has always been speed, even in the minors, but, of course, the game is different at the major league level, especially going into your first season here, uh, first full season. Uh, you, what, what's different about base dealing at the majors for you? Uh, you know, I think it's always always kind of been the same philosophy as, you know, what what is, you know, the pitcher giving you that you can uh, use to your advantage and, and pick up the next, uh, next base when you're stealing, and then, you know, can you... Uh, can you read it? You know, I think uh, that's one thing I learned from David Lopes is being able to pick it up as fast as possible and, um, you know, continue to, I guess, relax out there because sometimes people get stiff and tense and, you know, just uh, be calm in your reads and then continue to uh, be aggressive. What's it like to learn from, like, a legendary base dealer like Davey Lopes and who are some of the other veterans, you know, who have uh, you know, showed you the finer points of the game? Yeah, you know, I think the coaching staff, you know, the last few years and this year as well, getting a chance to pick everyone's brain, you know, especially Davey, um, has been has been great for me. I think, uh, you know, Tim Bogar with this year has been has been really good for me and Mikey as well. You know, he's um, a little more analytical than Davey was. Davey's a little old school, and um, you know, I think both sides play. You know, I think different guys give you different feels, and um, you know, I think we've uh, we've picked up a lot from you know these coaching the coaching staffs over the last few years. Who are some of your favorite base dealers growing up, or maybe some of the guys can, can your contemporaries that you admire too? You know, I think I was I was too uh, I'm too young to uh, you know really remember Ricky Henderson, but um, I guess one of the guys that I love watching play when I was younger was uh, Jose Reyes over on the other side. You know, he was very exciting, very exciting, and still very exciting. But you know, he could hit the ball out of the ballpark, and then he could also you know steal base anytime, and I, and I love that. Last one for you. Because of your all-around abilities, your ability to run, to hit for power, not that you know how it works, you were first-round pick in a lot of fantasy baseball leagues this year. Uh, do you take that as a compliment? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think uh, when you're getting compared you know, to all the other good players out there, I think you know, that's uh, always special. And you know, like you said, there's a lot of good people you could have picked from. So you know, if, if, you know, if I'm going up there, then that's, uh, that's nice to see. So Trey Turner there uh, talking about some of the influences. Davey Lopes uh, retired from coaching finally after last year, but I got to work a lot with Trey Turner. Davey Lopes, uh, second all-time in Dodgers history in stolen bases and uh, led the NL in stolen bases 1975-1976. Uh, a lot of major leaguers, he's been an influence on, on their careers. So uh, Trey Turner as well, Turner. Uh, so far, hitting 247 with eight steals, which places him second in uh, in baseball overall and first in the National League. Uh, only has nine runs scored so far, uh, only hitting 247. But a 365 OBP, we have yet to see the best of Turner. Uh, there's a lot more good to come ahead, George. Oh, I agree. No, Turner's gonna be fine. First round pick, he'll he'll be fine. I don't know if he'll ever. I said I couldn't take him in the top three, top five. Uh, I don't have him in any league, so I wasn't taking him that low. But he, his numbers will rebound. He'll he'll be fine. I'm not worried about Turner at all. He'll be a good source of just about everything. I think. I guess what was 60 plus stolen bases. I think that's a possibility. Don't know if he'll quite reach there. Uh, 12 to 15 home runs, good batting average. Uh, he's he's an exciting player to watch, Scott. Yeah, he certainly is, and. Uh... 
you know, even though he's off to a slow start, if you wanted to trade for Trey Turner, you're probably going to have to unload a lot because guys like him and D. Gordon, uh, that those type of steals are not easy to come by. And it's certainly not easy to come by the combination of pop and speed that you would get with Turner. No, it's not. And Steven's stolen bases are becoming harder and harder to come by. I had a friend of mine, uh, not not in the industry, uh, asked me the other day if he th- uh, if we think uh, five, ten years down the line, if stolen bases is going to go the way of average in fantasy leagues, where it's slowly going to be disappearing as a category because it's not as important as it used to be. I wonder if more more leagues are going to move to on base percentage though. That, well, that's, what, that's the point he's trying to make. Yeah. Will there be another category that takes over for stolen bases, sort of like OBP is starting to take over for average? Because yeah, well, a lot of teams don't believe in stolen bases, don't give up an out. You have oh, okay. to be successful at Will another category come into vogue? Maybe quality starts over wins. But that's for pitching. You yeah. know, but we'll, I can't think of another hitting one, though. That's that's the problem. That's I, I said the same thing. What stack can we put in that will make those players? You can't just put in like uh, slugging because that just that just adds to home runs. The home run to slugging, you know, you can't do yeah. that. Same players get rewarded there, so that's the fielding. Issue there. But uh, I feel, you know, I didn't think about that. Oh uh, God, yeah. I hope not. But uh, but it's it, because he, he made a point because. Like I said, stone base is not as important as it used to be. Some managers or teams don't believe in it at all with advanced analytics because you have to be safe at least 80% of the time. It's not worth giving up one of 27 outs. You know, so uh, the point was made. I get it. We don't see as much running nowadays. I mean, I was thinking about yesterday during the Yankee game. I can't remember Brett Gardner attempting a stolen base this year. I'm sure he has, but I can't even remember that because the Yankees yeah, don't want anyone running 20, in front of something, right? Yeah. And he should be, and listen, Gardner should be stealing more. But uh, I, I, the point was uh, was made to me, but I agree with you. The bottom line is, what other stack can we put in there? And probably none. Yeah. Uh, maybe quality starts on the pitching side. It'd be interesting. Oh, that's, that Talking should be. Pitching, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer to... in that. You are? Why? Because, you know, I, I, I just... Wins are a product of what's going. I mean, we all seen it. Oh, my! I mean, yeah. I won nine eight, but I got the win. Team won one nine eight. Hey, he left and he had the lead. Yeah, you know, and then he vice versa. Seven runs, but nothing. I got the win. Yeah, right. And you lose one nothing yeah. or two one, whatever it might be, and you got nothing. Or Jacob you know, McGrath like... last night, seven innings pitch, no right. one runs, ten strikeouts, and I get nothing. For you didn't it. get rewarded. Other than I, I, the, I ten, the ten strikeouts, you got rewarded. Win. I should have a quality yeah, but, uh, start. I was in a league that a player had wins plus quality starts. I did like that. I don't know if I, I – I like that as well. I don't know if I've been in a league like that, but uh, I don't mind that. Uh, my only issue is I think if you're going to go quality starts, it has to be either six innings, two runs, or seven, three. I don't like six and three because that's 4.5 ERA. And that, to me, that's not a quality start. So uh, and I think you need to go more than six – or maybe six plus innings. You know, at least go six – you know, I just think three innings to your bullpen, a quality start, not good over the long haul here. So that's, that's a, a pet peeve of mine because I, I don't like the quality start stat as it is written right now. Because to me, that's not a quality start. I think you need, we need more than that. But I do think, but I do like quality start over wins. I think that's a, a must. And I don't mind OBP over average. Uh, I probably actually prefer that too, because I think average, uh, as far as the baseball game itself, is a misleading stat. Yeah, I was in a dynasty league uh, the last two to three years before this. 
that actually quit. I, I loved it. Wins plus quality starts, slugging percentage. It was six by six. You had minor, a big minor league uh, pool to pick from, and you can run with five, six minor league players. But the problem for me was is that the commissioner was winning every year or getting close to winning every year. Okay, that sort of brings up the and question: just, Do you think he was I doing just, something just, fishy, or was he that good? Something. Yes, I, I yeah. think he was doing something fishy. Uh, that, that's a shame. It seemed like that, he was that, always that, in the race. Yeah, that, I mean, one of his, you know, jamming the stats. And I've been burned like bit. that before. I, there oh, was I a league have. that I was in in the nineteen nineties, where I worked at uh, when I was working at CBS Sports Line, and the commissioner would win every year. And then he got he quit the job, and on his way out, he told everybody that he was fixing the league, that he was that he was going as a league manager every day, and like boosting his team just a little bit every day. Jeez, you know that that's sad. That's sad. I was yeah. in a uh, league. I was invited by he somebody uh, who used people. to work for us. Yeah, that's where I was getting with this. I was in a league. Yeah. Uh, what wasn't? I wouldn't call it an expert league, but it had a couple of experts in it. I was invited by somebody who used to work with us, and uh, the commissioner. Uh, I think I finished second place that year. Ran off with the money. I think it was uh, it was a twelve team league. We had I think it was two hundred dollars in, so he left a couple thousand dollars. You know, and uh, it's like wow. Yeah, I mean, obviously I didn't join that league again, but uh, yeah, it, it's unscrupulous things happen. I you know, it, listen, you're playing for money, you never know. I you hope it doesn't. It's it's a game. You should be having fun. That's what I tell everybody. If you if you're not having fun in it, then you know maybe you need to do something else. It's a game first and foremost. But yeah, I've had stuff that, like like that happen where people like run off with money. I know people have cheated in the past. Uh, usually it's more collusion on trades where two teams trying to get together more than anything else. And Lord knows you get lots of fights in these leagues, including in, in uh, expert leagues. Where guys are arguing with each other over certain things. The only thing that would, uh, besides that, the only thing that would make me quit a league, outside of somebody cheating, uh, that's got, gotten away with it, would be if uh, we start changing rules after the season has started, and not everybody and not everybody voted for it. That'll make me leave, leave a league very quickly. Yeah, I, I've. There's been certain leagues where just like. There was one league that I was in was the original CBS Sportsline guys, Sportsline USA, that started in 96. And we said we were all going to stay in the league no matter what. So some of the original guys could remain in touch with each other. And, you know, after about, I would say, 10, I'm going to say about the 10th or 11th year, too many people started leaving and replacements, people I didn't know and you know, it just wasn't the same vibe anymore, and I eventually left. Yeah, I mean, leagues, dynasty leagues are so tough. I mean, uh, I'm only in one. Uh, it's one that's I've been in, I think, for seven, eight years now. But every year, it's a 16, might be a 17-team league. But every year, we have three, four, five new owners. You know, it never stays the same. Guys come, guys go. Dynasty leagues are tough because, uh, you know, if your team sucks, you know you're not going to be for good for a couple of years. You don't want to play. You know, and I think that's a shame because I think part of the fun, and I know I've got this with my, my football dynasty league, is my team used to be terrible, but I built it up. And now I've, I've lost a championship the past two years, but at least I've reaped the benefits of building my team. I've seen that it was, it's successful now. And that's part of the fun to me. It was bad at first. Now it's good, but you have to have patience for a couple of years. Yeah, that dynasty league was like fun to me. It's sometimes like I'll look at the guys that I drafted, like I had a Med Rosario, Glaber Torres. Lewis Brinton, you know, they've all been promoted by now. Uh, yeah, let's take a look making at making the right two, moves. Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. fun. I, I, I like Dynasty Leagues. Yeah, let's look at some two-term pitchers. 
Uh, coming up this week, Carlos Carrasco at Baltimore versus Seattle. You'll lock him in. Garrett Cole's off a terrific start. He's at home versus the Angels and Oakland. Obviously, you plug him in. Jose Barrios, Barrios at the Yankees and versus Cincinnati. A good one and a bad one, but obviously Barrios is in there for uh, two starts. Robbie Ray at Philadelphia at Washington. You're going to keep him in there. Rick Porcello's off to a 3-0 and start. He's at Toronto and versus Tampa Bay. Two great matchups. This would be an ideal day, maybe float out and see uh, if you can trade Rick Porcello. Selling, saying, not only look at the good start, oh, he's back. To, if you're going to play salesmanship, oh, he's back to his Cy Young form and he's got two He's got two terrific starts coming up and you need pitching. Would you try to sell Rick Porcello today? Anyone's tradable. You know, I, I think I'll say this about Porcello. I, I, I agree with everything you said. If you want to try and sell him, this is the week to do it. 3-0, Red Sox are playing great. You're going to get your Ws, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but I don't think you have to move him. I, I'm not saying he's going to Cy Young again, but I think he's found that form again. So I think he's going to be a useful starting pitcher for most of the season here. So, uh, like I said, anyone's traded if I get the right offer here, but I'm not looking to move him. There are certain players, Scott, where I'm looking to trade, and I'll take the best offer I can to get to move that player. That's not what Porcello is. Porcello is someone I'll trade if I get the offer I want. So it's a different thing there. I'm not looking, I'm not looking for the best offer. I'm looking for the offer I want. That I think, okay, this does help my team. This does make my team better. Because I believe in Porcello. You know, I think uh, he's not the pitcher he was last year. He's close to the pitcher he was in 16. So I believe in Porcello. So I don't automatically want to move him. Uh, before we uh, go off these players, uh, I got a question. So a couple of questions slack the other day uh, about Garrett Cole. Uh, now I'm, I'm a big Garrett yes, Cole. And, uh, just, just, uh, for what for what George is talking about for Roto Experts exclusive edge subscribers from the preseason, you can access our Slack channel to uh, get your quest, uh, questions regularly answered. All right, so uh, I think this is uh, shows about how good Cole has been. Trade offer he got. He doesn't have Cole to uh, to get Cole. Would you trade Quintana and Luke Weaver? No, I think that's given up too much. Luke Weaver is going to have a terrific season. Uh, yeah, he might be the same as Cole the rest of the way. So giving up too too much. I, I said the same with you. I'm not. I'm not doing it. You're, you're selling low on Quintana. That's what you're doing yeah. here. You know, I, I I think Cole's the best out of those three. I'm not so sure it's all that close. But I Quintana yeah. Weaver's too much to give up. I'm not doing that. Then he had another offer. Uh, this one's a, I think is a little tougher to deal. Uh, it's a little tougher to figure out because it's not. You're not adding like parts. So, uh, to get Adam, uh, Aaron Judge, he'd have to give up Azuna and Weaver. Obviously, the other owner wants Weaver. Would you give up Azuna and Weaver for Judge? I assume this is not an OBP league because this would change it for me if it was. But there's also one other caveat here. To replace Weaver, he could pick up Eduardo Rodriguez. So in some ways, the trade would be Judge and uh, Eduardo Rodriguez for Azuna and Weaver. First, you, when you put it when you put it the straight way, that's two for one. I was going to say no, because as soon as yet to hit, and you know you're going to see at least thirty home runs out of him. But if you can pick up Water Rodriguez, I would say go ahead and do it. That's exactly what I said. You know, because I think we forget that sometimes you have to look. If you're it's a two for one deal, three for two. Who's the player you're picking up? I understand technically you're losing the deal because you're giving up a Zuner and Weaver. They're going to put up better numbers than what Judge can do all by himself. But when you add in 
the player you're picking up, if you can look at it that way, if, if you could sell it sort of to yourself, then I think the deal is at least even here. I think Judge helps you more. That's exactly how I put it. With Eduardo Rodriguez, yes, I would do the deal. Those of you waiting to hear more two-turn pitchers, I'll finally get to them without George sidetracking me yet again for like the third time every time I try to turn to talk about two-turn pitches. That's hopefully next here on the Roto Experts on the Fantasy Sports Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Why pay high rake when you can play daily fantasy baseball and play half the rake on Fantasy Draft? Featuring half the rake GPPs and head-to-head contests, exclusive VIP experiences, and the most flexible lineup structures in the game, Fantasy Draft is the only DFS site that puts players first. They're also the only site to offer six of seven PGA scoring, dropping your lowest golfer score. Register today with the code FNTSY for a free $4 entry into a guaranteed winner contest in the sport of your choice. Fantasy Draft, daily fantasy on a level playing field. All right, George, we're going to try to talk two-turn pitchers here unless you got something else you want to talk about or you just don't want to talk about it. I can give you some fantasy updates. You're like, Mankata's back in the lineup today. Uh, you really don't want to turn, talk yesterday. about two-turn okay. pitchers, do you? Jay Bruce is out. Todd Frazier's out of the lineup today. Got spiked yesterday in the toe. Uh, Buxton could come back Wednesday for Minnesota. Fam's out. Ozuna's out. Contreras is out. Trumbo starts rehab tomorrow. Why don't you want to talk about two-turn pitchers? Or you just want to drive me I, crazy? Uh, it's a little of both. I think it's more towards the crazy part. I was certainly looking for a topic to hit, uh, and you just you fell right into that. You hung the curve, man. Uh, oh, boy. I like Harvey. The change-up, maybe. Uh, and, and this, just for that, I'll, I'll, I'll make you angry. And we'll talk about a guy from. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about a guy who makes you angry. Masahiro Tanaka has two starts versus uh. Minnesota and the Angels. Uh, I guess you have to start them. I mean, uh, they're decent hitting lineups. Uh, I don't love it. I think the Angels, I believe the Yan- uh, Yankees are on the West Coast. So I'll be in uh, Anaheim as well. Can you not start? That's two lousy starts in a row. I'll say it again. All right, the Boston one, they were beating everybody up. Doesn't bother me. Granted, the defense did not play well in the Miami start, but still. I mean, that, that's runs you give up to a bad team there. So I'm certainly concerned here. If it was a one-start week, there'd be no doubt I'd be sitting him, Scott, because I wouldn't want to take the chance. I want to see him have a good start first. Uh, I'm leaning towards yes, but I'll, I'll admit it scares me. Gio Gonzalez at San Francisco versus Arizona. I think you got to roll him out there, especially with the San Francisco start. Jay Happ against Boston. And Texas at home, that could be risky. Really depends on who else you have. Kenta Maeda off to an up-and-down start, but he's got Miami and San Francisco. Yes. 
<laughs> no choice. I mean, two two terrible hitting lineups here. Uh, you know, it's what you said. Well, with that, now I forget the name you mentioned the first time. Uh, if you're going up against San Fran, even and, and a bad one, it's almost always a yes because you're getting that good uh, that one He's good start. Chris and, Stratton. Uh, I'm still. I'm doing it. It's just that the lineups are just too good. Uh, I'm, you don't really worry. I don't worry all that much about the opposing starting pitcher. You know, unless it's a Chris Sale type where maybe you can't even get a W out of it. Uh, I'm starting him. I can't. If, once again, uh, the thing I always like to say, if you can't start him against these two, then why is he on your roster? Jake Odorizzi at the Yankees versus Cincinnati. I got to get him in there just for the Cincinnati start. Yeah. And just hope he can keep the ball down against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Kevin Gausman against the Indians and the Tigers. I've got him in a couple of leagues. I'm starting him. You know, uh, he's up and down. Pitched okay his last start. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, I don't like the Cleveland start, although they haven't started hitting yet. I do like the Detroit start. You know, I think he'll be okay there. So it's sort of a one-on-one thing here. Uh, but same situation. Often is. If I'm not starting him, you know, why, why is he on my roster? So, yeah, he goes for me. But uh, I, once again, don't say this with a whole bunch of confidence. Tyler Chatwood at Cleveland versus Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, I don't love it. I, I don't like it. Actually, I don't. I don't like it at all. Uh, at Cleveland, good hitting team. Milwaukee, we know they can hit. Although that one's at home, but uh, I'm gonna ride with it. But he's a guy where, uh, if the guy I'm benching him for has one good start, you know, he's a one star pitcher. It's a good start that I like. Then I could sit him. Steven Matz at St. Louis could be dicey at San Diego, but I'll take the shot uh, that he at least gets a respectable start at St. Louis. Ian Kennedy. Uh, pitched over his head for a, a little while, but then came back to earth in his last start, as the cliche goes. Uh, he's home against Milwaukee and the White Sox. Yeah, we talked about him last week, and this was the problem. He was the hot guy, and sooner or later that was coming down. Um, I don't understand. I don't like either start this week, if, but if you got him on your roster, I think this is the last hurrah this week, and then you're going to want to move on. Zach Davies at Kansas City and at Chicago. Yeah, the Kansas City start, I'll take it. You know, it, it just comes down to that. He's got one good start. And the Cubs really haven't hit um, uh, a ton yet either. So it's one good start and one average start. I'm starting them. Tyler Skaggs at Houston and versus the Yankees. I'm going to say no. no thank you. Yes. I'll pass. Chad Bettis is off to a good start, but most of his starts have been on the road. He is at home versus San Diego and at Miami. Uh, kind of on the fence with Bettis there. I think it'll be one bad start and one good start. If that San Diego start was a better offensive team, I'd be leaning no, but I'm leaning yes now because he's got the Miami start. Although it's gets Garcia, who's pitched very well for really yes. a junk bowling left hander. So uh, I'm Even leaning he yes six there, Scott. last time out. <laughs> yeah, he tried to lose the game as much as he could. That was yes. the Tanaka start, by the way. He tried to put the Yankees back in the game. That was the game where Giancarlo Stanton really uh, hurt the Yankees offensively. I'm leaning yes because I'm not as worried about that San Diego offense. Yeah, did you hear that they're building a new Giancarlo Stanton uh, park in the Bronx? <laughs> I'm waiting for a joke. Yeah, it's got three swings and a bench. <laughs> uh, that's good. I'm, I'm going to have to steal yeah. that for you. I, you know, I was laughing before. I didn't hear it, but I was laughing before you said it. You I knew, knew something was be, coming, uh, right? I knew something was coming. That, that's good. That, that's good, Scott. Three, I'm going to have yeah. to steal that from you. Yeah. Uh, Vince Velasquez versus Arizona and versus Atlanta. Uh, I think I have to go with him there, especially with the Atlanta start. Chris Stratton against the Nationals and the Dodgers. Probably going to avoid that one. Brandon McCarthy's off to a good start, and he's at Cincinnati and at Philadelphia. 
That's two band boxes. I know uh, Cincinnati doesn't hit all that well. I'm leaning no for McCarthy. Okay. Uh, Mike Leak at the White Sox and at Cleveland. I don't ever want to start Mike Leak. Adam Wainwright against the Mets in Pittsburgh. No, thank you. Jacob Faria at Baltimore and at Boston. Uh, the Boston one automatically is almost a no for me. And even Baltimore, I know he's, he's going up against Cobb right now, so a good chance for a W there because Cobb's been awful. But uh, I'm not going oh. against Boston. No thanks. Uh, Alex Cobb, I won't take him against no. anybody. He faces Tampa Bay. Uh, he, he's got a. I, listen, I love the matchups, and uh, if you're in a deep league, I get it. Maybe he's going with them, but uh, boy, uh, until I see him do something, I can't start him. Uh, I got a. I don't want to, but that ERA is fifteen point four three. No. CC Sabathia versus Minnesota and at the at the Angels. That Angels part scares CC, me the way uh, the Angels are playing. Minnesota's not all that great either. The problem with CC, he, you're only going to get five innings out of him, so getting a W yep. by the CC is tough. You know, he, uh, he's going up against Barrios. Granted, the Yankees beat up Barrios in that playoff game last year, but Barrios has looked great this year. Skaggs, I'm probably not as worried about, but it is uh, in Los Angeles. No, um, no, just no. Harlan Garcia at the Dodgers in first Colorado. I feel better about the Colorado start, but the uh, the Dodgers start scares the hell out of me. Yeah, listen, uh, watching him pitch the other day, he's a chunk baller, man. You mentioned the six walks he threw out there, the people are on base there. This is all coming crashing down. It's just a matter of one. Okay, we got uh, Tyler Maley against uh, Atlanta and Minnesota. Uh, guy, if he's on your roster, you'll probably start. I don't, I don't love him, but I don't hate him. They're both middle-of-the-road starts for me here. Uh, I don't, I don't want to, Scott. He's a, he's another guy where if I have a better one-star pitcher, who, you know, going up against San Diego, going up against Miami, I'm going with that guy. But other than that, I don't hate these starts, so I think about putting him in there, but I don't, I don't like it at all. Marco Gonzalez with two starts, no, thank you. Uh, Chad Kuehl versus Detroit and St. Louis, no, thank you. Uh, that's two two starts of mediocrity. Matt Moore versus Oakland and at Toronto, no, thank you. Matt Whistler. Uh, at Cincinnati and at Phil- at Philadelphia. No, two good hitters ballparks there. I'm going to pass. I know I'll, I'll actually think about Cool. By the way, I'm not automatically saying no. No, I'm uh, cutting that cool. guy today. I'm, I'm mediocre at best. Oh, yeah, he's a mediocre pitcher. But if you're looking for a two-start win, you get Detroit. They're not really a great hitting team. He's going up against Jordan Zimmerman. Should score some runs there. Pittsburgh's playing well. Cool's pitched. He already's below four this year, and then he goes up against Wainwright. Another guy I don't truly believe in. Uh, I've already if you have cool in your like, roster, what, three or four starts of Kuehl, I had enough. <laughs> if you have, uh, if you want to get rid of him, I have no no problem with that because I don't I don't believe in him long yeah. term. But if you have one for this week, I'm probably putting him in. I'd rather have I'd rather have Harlan Garcia than than uh, Chad Kuehl. Uh Josh Tomlin against uh, Chicago and Seattle. Tough one, Josh Tomlin. Good uh, chance for W's here. You got middle of the road. I'm leaning no. It depends on what categories you're trying to hit here. Uh, I'm not a big Tomlin believer. I think he's just an average starting pitcher at best who's going to lose his job when Santana's already. Uh, leaning no, but once again, it always comes down to this to me, Scott. If he's on your roster, you're not starting him this week. Who are you starting over him? I mean, that's what's so tough for me here. If you have these guys alone. on your roster, and there's two. <laughs> I don't think he'd be the one start guy Jason I'm quite Vargas. looking for. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't start with uh, guys coming up the DL first start. Not if I can avoid it. Something like Vargas, I, I would hate for him in a weekly lineup this to be the week if he, uh, to him have two starts because I want to see him pitch first. 
And if he has to, I'd, ra- I'd rather take somebody else with one start than risk some of these with two. And here's some Agreed. other no thank yous. Jordan Zimmerman with two. Carson pa- Fulmer with two. Trevor Cahill with two. James Shields with two. Miguel Gonzalez with two. Brian Mitchell with two. And Sal Romano with two. So no thank you on all of those unless you tell me otherwise. No, I agree with these one. I'm the, I'd much rather not start any of these guys. Right, let's talk a little bit more NFL draft here since you finally let me get through the two-star pitchers. Uh, You're welcome. Remember, you can check out uh, the mocks and complete scouting reports from Jake Seeley right now on rotoexperts.com. Uh, number one is the Cleveland Browns. And uh, on NFL.com, looks like the guys are split. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah has uh, has him taking Sam Darnold. Bucky Brooks has Josh Allen. Charlie Cashley is Sam Darnold. Maurice Jones drew for some reason as Saquon Barkley. I don't think they're going to take him number one overall. Yeah, I don't know how much I'm worried about what Maurice Jones drew thinks. Uh, I mean, it seemed like it was it was Sam really? early on. What right? do we got against Maurice Jones drew? I, you know, he's former guy. I don't know how much he's doing the studying or how much inside information he has. That's what I mean here. You know, I want the real guys who, you know, the Jay Glazer types, Adam Schefter. Those are the guys you know are on the phones getting, uh, you know, talking to people or the beat writers. You know, those are the guys that I believe have, know something, uh, which is why I find interesting about the Giants because Dan Graziano thinks they're taking a quarterback, uh, where a lot of people don't. So, that you know, it's, it's, fun, it's a fun time. Uh, I think, I said, the, I thought for the first Last two months, it was uh, it was always going to be Sam Darnold, and all of a sudden, maybe not. You know, and now you have to what is it the disinformation, or they finally got new stuff here? But either way, I believe it's a quarterback. I think what's interesting about this, if Cleveland doesn't take Darnold, I do believe that's the who uh, Gettleman wants. I think that's who he believes the franchise quarterback is. MJD so doesn't think, think doesn't think that they're taking a quarterback at one or four, which I find odd. Yeah, I mean that that's why uh, there's. I guess you could convince me not to take Barkley at one, uh, not to take uh, a quarterback at one if they believe there are four franchise quarterbacks and they'll take any one of the four, or I guess three franchise quarterbacks in this case. You know, then I could buy that. But other than that, I mean, Ken Dorsey's a legitimate GM, good GM. He's taking a quarterback at one. There's no way he's rolling with dice that the guy he wants will be there at four. Okay. Uh, and Jake Seeley has them taking uh... – Taking Sam Darnold. Number two, Jake Seeley has the Giants trading back with the Bills. And the Bills taking Josh Allen on NFL.com. Daniel Jeremiah says Saquon Barkley. Charlie Cassidy says Saquon Barkley. Bucky Brooks says Bradley Chubbs. And Maurice Jones-Drew says Josh Rosen. Uh, I'm probably leaning more. I mean, I like Jake's theory here about the trade. Getting 12 and 22, maybe even something else. I think, I think he would get something else. I don't know if it'll be a number one next year, but maybe 12, 22, and a two. You know, I don't know. Uh, so I think that would could work out uh, for the Giants here if they want to trade down. If not, uh, I, I got to believe it's Barkley right now. I guess I'm buying into unless Gettleman's trying to fool us all to force people to trade up. And that's why this is all guesswork here, because Gettleman can be playing this up. Oh, I'm Barkley. Love Barkley. He's going to be da 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 just to get people to offer more on that trade up here. You know, then I do think there's an, a chance they trade down here because they might want additional picks. So I'll, if they keep the pick, I'll go Barkley. All right. Jake Seeley's uh, mock draft on rotoexperts.com. He has them taking the Jets taking Baker Mayfield, uh, although we're starting to hear uh, – we're starting to hear a lot of Lamar Jackson buzz that they're going to take Lamar Jackson at number three. 
Uh, Daniel Jeremiah also has him taking Baker Mayfield. Uh, Bucky Brooks has the Jets taking Sam Darnold. Charlie Castley has him taking Josh Rosens. Maurice John Drew says Sam Darnold. But there's been a lot of rumors now that the Jets are very hot on Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance in hell that Darnold makes it that far. Because I think if Cleveland doesn't take him, I think the Giants are taking him in a heartbeat. So I don't think he's going to go that far. Jets were strange. I mean, the trade, everything they gave away to get the number three pick, you're assuming then there are three franchise quarterbacks here, that you love three guys. So I, I found that strange, yeah, but they're definitely taking a quarterback. I think it's Mayfield. I think if it's Jackson, I think it's, I think it's Baker Mayfield. What about all these reports coming out recently that Lamar, they're so high on Lamar Jackson? That concerns me. Once again, when I hear these new reports, it's by more than one person. You wonder if the new information, if someone's uh, speaking, someone's talking. Or what, what, are they, what are they seeing in the past week or so that they didn't see three, you know, for the last three months? You know, so you, you never know who's, uh, who's lying, who's telling Are they planting how much, uh, something for a trade here? Right. Getting somebody exactly. else to trade up? Exactly. I think the, the Jets are taking a quarterback. That's the bottom line here. There's no way they're not taking a quarterback. All right, and then at number four, uh, Jake has the Browns taking Bradley Chubb, uh, as well as Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com, and Maurice Jones-Drew and Charlie Cashley, Bucky Brooks of NFL.com, of the ones we're looking at, uh, is the only one that has them going with Saquon Barkley at number four. Well, it depends what you and believe. Every, if Barkley's, and every, if Barkley's everybody gone, has the, then it'll be Chubb. Everybody on NFL.com has the the Broncos going quarterback at number five, but Jake has the Broncos going Saquon Barkley. I don't think Barkley makes it that far. I think if uh, if four quarterbacks take uh, three quarterbacks, let's say four quarterbacks take Cleveland trades out of four, then I think the Broncos take the offensive tackle, whose name escapes me. Uh, has all show. If not, I think the the Broncos. I mean, it, there could be a it, Chubb could work out there. You pair him with Von Miller, that's a monster line. Yeah. Are you probably talking about the guard, though, and uh, maybe not the tackle? No, it's the tackle. Uh, uh, Quentin, and that's not Quentin up. Nelson? I think that is great. I think it's Quentin Nelson. Yeah, he's listed as a guard. I think uh, – I don't have enough time yeah. to show to look here, but I uh, I, I, I think – I just the don't way, wonder. I think Elway by, – By the way, sorry, uh, Jake has – the Dolphins trading up number six to get Josh Rosen. And giving up on Tannehill. Interesting. Yes. The Dolphins are what? Oh, I, I think Tannehill's terrible. Uh, I don't mind doing it. And it wouldn't cost them a ton. They're at 11 right now. All right. As always, thanks a lot, George Kurtz and our producer, Pete Considori. We'll see you next week on the Roto Experts on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 